Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of pilocytic astrocytoma, found under the oncology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 7-year-old boy presents to the pediatric emergency department for lethargy, nausea, and vomiting. Medical history is unremarkable. Physical exam is notable for papilledema and right-sided dysmetria. An MRI of the brain with and without contrast demonstrates a cerebellar cystic mass. Let's continue with an introduction to pilocytic astrocytoma. As a general overview, remember that this refers to a slow-growing central nervous system tumor that arises from astrocytes. It most frequently arises in the cerebellum, but can appear anywhere else in the central nervous system. In terms of the epidemiology, remember that this is the most glial tumor in children. With regards to the pathophysiology, the exact mechanism is unknown, but it may be due to disrupted cell cycle regulation, leading to abnormal cellular proliferation. Conditions that are associated include neurofibromatosis type 1. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include symptoms of increased intracranial pressure, which include headache, nausea, vomiting, and lethargy. On exam, one may note papilledema, ataxia in cerebellar tumors, and visual deficits in optic pathway tumors. In terms of further imaging, MRI of the brain with and without contrast is indicated as the imaging study of choice. Findings include cystic mass. The cyst wall will enhance in about 50% of cases, and it often has a brightly enhancing mural nodule. In terms of further studies, histopathology is indicated to confirm the diagnosis and it is obtained via tumor resection or biopsy. In terms of the prognosis, the degree of atypia or the tumor grade is the best prognostic indicator. Specific findings include GFAP-positive cells and eosinophilic corkscrew fibers, also known as Rosenthal fibers. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about other malignant brain neoplasms. Differentiating factors will be based on histological findings. For example, Glioblastomas will have pleomorphic tumor cells surrounding a central area of necrosis. In terms of treatment, surgical options include resection. This is indicated as first-line treatment in accessible tumors. Remember that chemotherapy and or radiation therapy is considered when the tumor is inoperable. And lastly, complications related to pilocytic astrocytomas include leptomeningeal disease. This is when there is spread of the central nervous system tumor to the leptomeninges including the pia and arachnoid mater. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to pilocytic astrocytoma, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 17-year-old girl is brought to the emergency department following a seizure. She is accompanied by her father. He states that they were at a barbecue when the patient fell out of her chair and started shaking uncontrollably. The father denies that this has ever happened before. The patient is otherwise healthy. She takes an oral contraceptive pill and a daily multivitamin. On physical exam, the patient is awake and oriented, but slow to respond. She has bruising on her extremities and a cut over her right eyebrow. A brain MRI is obtained, which demonstrates a solid and cystic mass in the cerebellum. A brain biopsy shows glial proliferation and some eosinophilic corkscrew-shaped fibers. Which of the following is the most appropriate prognostic indicator for the patient's diagnosis? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Age Choice 2. Degree of atypia 
Choice 3, gender. Choice 4, location of tumor. Or choice 5, tumor size. The best answer to this question is choice 2, degree of atypia. The patient is presenting with a solid and cystic brain tumor that shows glioproliferation and Rosenthal fibers on histopathology. This is characteristic of a pilocytic gastrocytoma, for which the most appropriate prognostic indicator is degree of atypia. Pilocytic astrocytomas are tumors that arise from astrocytes and most frequently occur in the cerebellum. Presenting symptoms include headache, nausea, vomiting, lethargy, and new-onset seizure. On physical exam, patients may show evidence of increased intracranial pressure, such as papilledema, as well as ataxia or visual defects. A brain MRI will demonstrate solid and cystic components, which can differentiate it from other tumors like medulloblastoma, which is solid without cystic components. On histopathology, the tumors will be GFAP positive and have Rosenthal fibers. The most appropriate predictor of prognosis is tumor grade, which is determined by the degree of atypia. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Age can affect survival in pilocytic astrocytoma, such that patients younger than a year have a worse prognosis. However, for this patient, tumor grade is still the most appropriate prognostic indicator. Choice 3. Gender is not associated with differences in prognosis. Choice 4. Location of the tumor can affect prognosis in pilocytic astrocytoma, such that patients with cerebellar pilocytic astrocytomas have better survival outcomes. This is thought to be explained by the fact that cerebellar tumors are mostly treated by total resection. However, tumor grade is still the most appropriate prognostic indicator. Choice 5. Tumor size may affect prognosis, but most pilocytic astrocytomas are slow-growing and stable in size over a long period. Tumor grade or degree of atypia remains the most appropriate predictor of prognosis. Finally, a bullet summary. Degree of atypia, which defines tumor grade, is the most appropriate prognostic indicator for pilocytic astrocytoma. That's all for this review about pilocytic astrocytoma. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.